Hello, everyone. Today, I am here with my buddy, Sam Brown. Sam, what's going on, man? Very good. Um, I love the word buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I haven't been called buddy in a while. (laughs) Buddy is a great word. It doesn't get used enough these days. But maybe it'll make a comeback. (laughs) (laughs) Or like... uh... Like, like if, if you're at like a diner or something and like the waitress calls you sweetheart, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what's the other one? What does Lewis always say? Uh, it's like, it doesn't matter. I'm already talking about Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I figured that was going to be the focal point of this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is what I prepare my notes on. This <laughs> is the, the, the pros and cons of Lewis Campanero. <laughs> More pros and cons always. <laughs> More pros and cons, but we, we've all we've all got a mixed bag. We've all got our ups and downs. You know, Lewis is not is not a god. He's he is just a mere mortal. <laughs> he is a mere mortal, but the man is doing a hell of a job right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he's I don't know. He uh he's been teaching mm-hmm. lately, as you know. It's his first year. Yeah. Shout, um, shout out to Lewis Campanero. Shout out to Lou, but he's doing a great job. He's, mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it's like online schooling right now. Um, I, I keep I keep thinking about what it would be like if we were kids during this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just like I have no frame of reference, and I don't I don't even know like what it's gonna do to like like the. Uh, the way these kids are going to be like, I don't know how they're going to look back on it. Yeah. And it's just such a focal point. Like, I feel like for us, maybe that was what nine 11 was maybe like, maybe. I just like major. It's like, definitely, <laughs> it's definitely different, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, there's like a major historical event. I feel like there's a yeah. lot of major historical events that have been happening lately that people are going to, it's been a big year. Um, now, if this pandemic has made me thankful for one thing, it's that I do not have small children. That yeah. is kind of like that. That's the thing I've been most grateful for because I've mm. spoken to people who have small children and young grade school children. And it's uh, it just it seems like a nightmare to deal with, because on the one hand, it's so important for these kids to be in school. On the other hand, a teacher has already died of covid. So, oh, really? In in Jersey or like in... on Facebook? Oh wait, no, I think I think I heard about that <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I, I there's this uh there's this woman in one of my classes that she's a military wife, and I'm pretty sure her husband is um he's not home. I don't mm. I don't know if he's like deployed somewhere or something, but um she's in my grad school program. And she also has four little kids. That's right. And like just seeing her juggle that at the same time mm-hmm. as like doing a fucking graduate school program is insane. Yeah. I, so I, much I, kudos I know to her. On the same boat. Um, you want to talk a little bit about your uh, your graduate program? You're what about three months into it at this point? Oh shit! Am I really three months into it? Oh no! I think oh, I, you know what I I, I wouldn't be that. I am, I am 
a little over a month. Okay, I um, <laughs> because I, I didn't know really bad math there. <laughs> well, I don't know. Three months sounded about right when you said it. I feel like <laughs> I have no understanding of time mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but yeah, my I'm going to grad school for social work. Um, it all kind of came out of nowhere. Um, actually, it didn't come out of nowhere because. So before the pandemic hit, in the pre-pandemic world, I was working in publishing, Mm -hmm. um, or I should say I was an intern at a publishing house, (laughs) um, and (laughs) which is is what you have to do if you want to make the publishing, which is Mm -hmm. pretty hard, but that's a whole other story. Um, And I was also working as an editor at a magazine, um, and those are both located in New York. But uh, yeah, COVID hit, and I was still doing my work remote which I was pretty thankful for. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't feel like publishing was the right thing for me. I, I was an English major as an undergrad. Um, and so I've like always loved books and reading books. You see, you have um, a pretty uh, legit bookshelf behind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love collecting books too. Mm-hmm. Um, Regardless of whether I read them, I guess <laughs> I, I I always feel guilty about I buying new books. <laughs> um, but yeah, where was I? Um, Start starting I, your program. Yeah, so I kind of just I was lying in bed one night, just kind of like I like existential dread or like mm-hmm. what are you doing with your life kind of thing, but kind of that I, I just. Like, I, I think I, I like the idea of publishing, um, but I just not very good at like marketing and publicity. And mm-hmm. it just like, I don't know, it, it wasn't scratching the edge for me, although I did really enjoy being around books. Um, and there was one night where I was just lying in bed thinking about it. And then I don't know where it kind of came from, but it I was just like, I wonder what would happen if I went to grad school for social work and became a social worker it just kind of like popped out of nowhere and really it didn't really pop out of nowhere because my mom was a social worker um (laughs) so it's always been like part of my life yeah but I had never really entertained the thought and I think I never entertained it because oh I majored in English and like I can't do something that I didn't major in (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and uh then I did some more reading about it and it's found out that it actually wasn't that like you know out of the out of the norm for English majors to study social work so yeah I I started applying and I got into Columbia which I was really surprised about and now I'm doing that program all online which is also very weird (laughs) but (laughs) yeah it's a it's been really interesting Mm -hmm. you want to uh maybe expand on kind of the issues that you're learning about and thinking about in your classes. Yeah. I've, I've really never had an in-depth conversation with someone in social work. Yeah. Um, it's it, maybe it when I was be... needed to see a social worker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. But I think that that's as lot. I think a lot of people run into social workers in their day-to-day lives without realizing it because mm-hmm. um, I mean, they, they work from everywhere, from like mental health, the policy, um, they're social workers and companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
yeah so it, it can be it can usually be uh kind of hard to like narrow in on what social work is other than it's a profession based around advocating for marginalized people and mm-hmm. promoting social justice and that takes a lot of shapes and a lot of forms mm-hmm. um but i mean there's really kind of two i mean there's two like main tracks you can really take as far as like grad school goes where it's either um you get or okay actually i would say three um there's like policy so that just involves like getting that involves like getting into oh man i get it gets everywhere policy but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah i policy uh clinical so like therapists Uh um or you could be like a researcher so like a social scientist okay um yeah so there's like lots of different levels you can work micro macro Mm -hmm. um but it's always based on putting like like looking at the person in their environment and like always considering environmental factors um when it comes to understanding like like if someone um trying to think of a good example um like the whole whole concept of 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 like crime in the u.s Mm -hmm. and like i i see all these like fascists on line saying like 1350 where they they talk about how the whole thing is like oh blacks are only 13 percent of the population but they commit 50 percent of the crime and it just doesn't take into account like all of these systemic issues that have been, these systemic it doesn't take into account the fact that we that the country has enslaved African-Americans and they've enforced Jim Crow on them. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just so ridiculous to not understand people as products of their environment. I'm sorry, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining (laughs) systemic racism. It kind of seems to me like, well, this is sort of the, the direction I wanted to go. I I wanted to know about the issues that kind of you're thinking about from like a social worker's perspective. And, you know, that seems to be probably one of the most critical things Mm. for a social worker to kind of constantly have in their mind. Yeah. And I think it's really necessary for, especially for social workers when um, I've got like, even as like a white guy, like I'm going to be working with a lot of people of color and I think I will never understand what it's like to like feel racism against Mm me. Um, And I think it's important, obviously for me to acknowledge that racism exists, but it's also important for me as like a white social worker, not to like, to, to make it about like elevating the voices of people who are marginalized and seeing like, 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 uh, like it's like, I'm trying to think. It's important to teach, not to teach, to, 
like I don't I don't want to I don't think it's any social worker should go in with like white social worker should go in with like a white savior mentality like they know what's right for their populations because usually a lot of these people are going to be knowing more about these systems than I do because they've been part of it their whole life but I have to use my position to elevate their voices within these like systems um and yeah and I mean I'm still trying to figure out like what that means and how to do that but I'm what one thing I'm really interested in is um housing for homeless people Mm -hmm. um I'm working on a project right now actually about supportive housing um which is basically just like um helping homeless people get off the street into a house and giving them resources to like find jobs and like there's uh people there to work with them um but the the idea of supporting housing is that it's a it should be like a first step kind of like there's also like first housing which is kind of similar but kind of different but um uh the you can't like a lot of homeless people do struggle to find work because they don't have like a home base and they don't like have Mm -hmm. a stable grounding to work off of like like even things like they don't have a place to shower and Uh if you show up to an interview wearing dirty clothes and just not put together then it's going to be even harder there's so many barriers to employment in Mm -hmm. i i I assume the world (laughs) not not just this country yeah i I mean oh yeah i you have to show up to a place looking like a respectable upstanding mm-hmm. member of society and that's hard to do yeah. when you don't have a home yeah. have means of transportation you don't have mm. letters of reference um yeah know. and I, I think i think too it's like we're the richest country in the world yeah. and i think we i think a lot of people in power would have this belief that we can't do anything about it or that these poor people like poor people are just lazy Mm -hmm. or welfare queens. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's another thing that I've been learning a lot about lately is just like the history of welfare. Okay. Um, I'd actually be interested in um, maybe talking a little bit more about that, but maybe we can dissect the homelessness issue a little bit. Yeah. It's it's crazy. (laughs) How many, well, they're hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always kind of struck me as you know ludicrous that we have as many homeless people in this country that we do at be, you know being the richest country in the history of the known universe um could could definitely be possible that there's been a richer civilization somewhere out there yeah. in the universe, but we don't Not in the cosmos <laughs> i i mean it's 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 seems clear to me that if it was a priority that it would have been addressed and it's just it's clearly not a priority i i I think that one of the reasons that our country is so rich is because they take advantage of poor people and they take advantage of cheap labor like i think and i mean that's you see all the these like manufacturing jobs leaving the u.s right now Mm -hmm. and now we're just exploiting poor people in other countries yeah. not that we haven't been doing that for <laughs> for like 100 years but um yeah i've i've uh have you ever read the book um 
A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. I have not. Have you heard? heard Yeah, it's, well, it's extremely long. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) like, like, I don't know. But it's basically just like, um, like a timeline of American history from the perspective of marginalized people and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, just marginalized people, I guess. Like, so it's talks, like the beginning of the book is all about how colonizers came to America and just committed genocide against Native Americans. What is, um, what is Howard Zinn's background? I actually don't know. Uh, he's a historian. I meant, um, is he white? <laughs> oh yeah, he, he's white. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he he is white, but he is okay. I just uh, I felt that was important for some level of of context. Yeah, I mean, I think it is mm. like, but at the same time, like I I don't I guess it's important. It's obviously important to like uplift the voices of other um, POC like historians, especially. Um, I guess I think of Angela Davis off the top of my mind, and like. The work that she did talking about prison abolitionism um but i, I like i think for I, I brought up zen's book because it was really important for me mm-hmm. in understanding american history and like politics in general and the fact that like i said before i think that um america has only become rich because they took advantage of marginalized people whether it's the native americans when they when Americans quote unquote came here and colonized Mm -hmm. them to, we built our nation on the back of slaves. Uh, Now we're all out. (laughs) Now we're all, now all these big American corporations that are getting, um, that that are controlling our government more or less Mm -hmm. are doing the same thing to um, working people all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of dangerous ideology going around about American exceptionalism that I think is really toxic and doesn't really address the actual history of this country. Because mm-hmm. you know, I like I I love being an American. Like I think um, I, I think like there are a lot of beautiful people in this country and a lot of beautiful things to say. Like. Like even even the landscape of America, like objectively, like if all the humans just disappeared, like it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, like, I just I want to add like, um, uh, for profit prisons to that uh, that list of oh hell yeah definitely. American exploitation. I, I think it would yeah. uh, it would it would be a misjustice to to gloss over that. But uh, no, America is you know I I think we both we we both sound like America haters right now. Um, it's a great place like it is one of it's one of one of the freest places in the world maybe not as much today but historically um yeah i I think there is something kind of i don't know i don't know if this is just how i was educated but i kind of think there is something to be said about how America um, the how America was founded on ideologies of free speech, free religion. And you know, this was of course 
all a bunch of like white Protestant dudes that owned slaves at the same yeah. time. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like there is this uh, grander idea of freedom and yeah. Uh, like, and I, I think that sorry. No, and I think, like, I think that fulfillment com- in the American mm. ideology and whether yeah. or not that's still true today is you know I think it's up for debate. Mm. Yeah, I. I think it's still true today. And I think it's true. Like if it wasn't true, then <laughs> Trump would just throw a complete coup. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, th- I still think there are shreds of democracy um, in our country. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know if, if talking about the election is where we're going to go now, but um, that's, that's all back I mean, I'm always down to talk about it, but you know, it's, it's that time. Um, oh God. Yeah. I don't, all right. Yeah. Screw it. Let's, let's, let's just do it. Let's, let's dive into the election. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, yeah. I got my, uh, got my ballot today. Nice. Nice. And voting. I, um, I think that, uh, I don't know, I, I I think Biden's ahead in the polls so much. And that's really like reassuring because unlike many other Americans, I actually haven't lost complete faith in polling um, for reasons that I probably can't articulate. <laughs> but um, but uh, I think what's, what, what I'm really nervous, I, I, I really don't have any doubt in my mind that Biden's going to win the popular vote but I don't, if he doesn't, if he's not in the lead in, on election day, um, then I think, or if Trump's in the lead on election day, which, you know, it's going to take a few months yeah. to count all the mail-in votes. If, if Trump's not in the lead on election, if Trump is on the lead in election day, um, then he's going to declare victory yeah. and it's going to go to, I'm scared like there's this weird pass where it like goes to the courts that he stacked and oh. yeah I, I think that's really my concern about it but I don't know how do you feel who are you voting for <laughs> uh Kanye <laughs> is he, wait is he still running <laughs> uh, he's on my ballot um oh my god well you know I mean I live in Vermont so my vote doesn't matter um not that your vote matters all that much either. <laughs> in New Jersey. Um, down down ballot. Yeah. All about that down ballot. No, I um well, I'm voting for Biden to answer your question. I actually think that's one big advantage of having a ballot that was mailed to me is I actually can see who's running for all the positions and what my options are yeah. as opposed to kind of going in blindly like I did in twenty. Wow, that's a, I I've I've never actually thought of that way that's a really good point like, like, i feel I, like i can people have try to research, be more prepared yeah. <laughs> you know not, not that that information wasn't available to me i'm sure it was but you know oh, yeah. I, I, it's it's people have a lot of shit going in going on in their lives it's kind of a lot to ask yeah. them to figure yeah. out every election that they're voting for and every candidate yeah it's on like how of, many people like, actually researching about doing research about those those candidates yeah. yeah it's like how many people are gonna when they go into the the booth are gonna whip out their smartphone and like look up all these people like is that legal i don't think can you whip out your smartphone in the booth <laughs> i think so it's not like you're cheating on a test <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, who am I supposed to vote for again? Shit. <laughs> I could see there. I could see there maybe being laws against against like photographing it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But that would be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just stealing someone's answers. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I saw that on The Simpsons or something. <laughs> um, but I I think everything you said um about how this election is going to play out is totally valid. Um, and the kind of scary thing is um, Trump supporters are more likely to go to the polls than to vote by mail. And Biden mm-hmm. supporters are more likely to yeah. vote by mail than to go to the polls. Mm-hmm. So, and there's, and there's also mass disenfranchisement of voters, especially people of color. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so I, yeah, it's like the only way that Biden can win is if it's by like an overwhelming majority, which the polling suggests he, he has, but it's like, is it going to be enough? God, I want to see someone pull Trump out of the White House kicking and screaming. Like, <laughs> oh man, I want to see that. Because <laughs> everyone was, everyone was like, man, I hope he dies with COVID. I I want to I want to see I want to see him get pulled out. Yeah, you, I want to see him lose power, not not by dying and looking like some martyr or something. I want the American people to say that we don't want him, and for it to be like official. Yeah. I think that's I mean, what I, our country needs more than I think. There would be a an ironic sense of cruel satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, him dying of COVID. I, yeah. I, that definitely exists too. Um, I mean. God, God, I hate to wish for people's death on this podcast, but it, yeah. if, any, if, if you're FBI listening right now, <laughs> Mr. FBI, man, I um, don't I want mean, to I guess Trump. the ideal situation would be for him to get pulled out of the White House and then get COVID. And, you know, if you so yeah. please okay. that, that works, for yeah. him to die. Um, dude, there a bunch of, did, I'm, you probably heard about this, a bunch of like, uh, I don't even know what to call them. White people that wanted to incite a civil war had a plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan, <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer. I heard about that. That's fucking well, crazy. The, the, the sheriff of that, uh, I guess either the town they're from or like the capital of Michigan or something um, is also like a huge pro-Trumper. And he was saying okay. that, uh, he was saying that they weren't trying to kidnap her. They were just trying to do a citizen's arrest. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. Oh my god. Yeah, the uh, the the militia mindset going on in this country is um it's a little scary. It's a, it's a lot of scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I I just like I don't know. I feel like. I just like, I feel like this past few years has have made me look at people differently. Like, like I don't, like I don't know how to who to trust. Well, um, yeah, like just like strangers, I guess. Um, Only trust strangers. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. And I, I think I, that might have be even like more heightened these days because you know I haven't really met a lot of strangers lately because I've been cooped up in my house. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. I've been meeting strangers in grad school, mm-hmm. which is really weird to meet strangers online. Yeah, like like mm-hmm. like uh, like on Zoom. Like I'm I just like I'm inviting. Like I'm dreading the but, day I have to like actually meet those people in person. Yeah, because you're you're doing teaching right now, right? Oh, uh, like no, I mean, you're I'm, TAing. 
Yeah, right? Yang. I'm in grad school. Yeah. My my TA is a is a joke. Um, oh God. <laughs> at best. Um, but like, I'm also I'm a grad rep, so like, um, graduate representative. So right. um, when we had our orientation you know i met like the met the first years virtually like there were nine of them on a screen and you know they all had their names and they introduced themselves but like i i'm not gonna remember i'm sorry (laughs) it's not it's not gonna happen and um you know if i ever actually meet you people in person if the pandemic ever passes um you're gonna have to reintroduce yourself sorry big if yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I, I have one professor who starts off every class. Um, they, uh, they, one of the students who welcomes to like do to like lead in like a meditation exercise. Interesting. So, like at the beginning of every class, we'll we'll just do like a different like uh, mindfulness activity. Wow. Uh, like, and that's always really nice. We'll just like breathe very calmly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in another class I have, we, we start every class by one student has to give a presentation about uh, like a mini, like three minute presentation about uh, the, who the uh, Native Americans were on the, on the land that they're on now, like who were the original tribes. Mm-hmm. So like right now I'm on uh, Lenape land, okay. Scotch Plains. Um, I haven't given my presentation yet, so I, I haven't learned much about them, but I will. Um, but I don't know. I think it's just cool to like adapt to online learning in such a welcoming uh, um, with a welcoming group of people. Like I, I feel like everyone's been very supportive in my classes, which kind of makes sense if they're all social workers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think everyone who is like trying to be very like careful about each other's mental health, mm-hmm. which is really important. Um, and I mean, I've been trying to do that. Like um, just like pacing myself is always really hard and during all this COVID. Um, but I, I, don't know, I, whenever I'm feeling stressed out, I'll just like paint for like an hour and listen to music and then go back to work. But I feel like as long as, people have like the little thing that they can go aside to whether it's like video games or tv or reading or mm-hmm. all three at the same time <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that's definitely really important and really um underemphasized at times and like I, th- I think one thing i'm kind of realizing it's really important to devote time to self-work and self-growth um yeah and to end up working on identifying negative thought patterns quickly. And yeah, big time. Adapting because grad school is stressful. <laughs> life is stressful. I mean, like <laughs> that's grad school is a microcosm of life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I totally feel that. I mm. I need to uh man, I need to get another therapist. I love going to therapy um i did cbt for a little while which was really fun mm-hmm. like fun and like a self-growth kind of way. <laughs> like yeah. I, don't know, I don't know i i, I had fun i think I'm, it's uh, so i recently started seeing a new therapist and i i think i'm still in the um 
okay, it hurts to push myself outside of like this comfort zone and to like push to try to grow. Cause like it, I don't know, for me, it like, it can be a painful experience, but in a way like the pain is good. Like it means you're, you know, you're hitting something that's like yeah, pain or causing you discomfort. Definitely. Yeah. I guess I don't, <laughs> I didn't really mean fun. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean like, like fulfilling. Yeah. Like every yeah. time I finish it, like, like I feel really like, I feel like ready to like keep going, you know? Yeah. So when I was a, a kid, I saw a therapist and um, that actually was fun because he would like disguise the therapy as uh, games of Uno. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. I really want to try to learn more about uh, art therapy for kids. Art um, therapy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't speak to it, mm. but it's, I feel like that would combine. Cause I mean, I might end up becoming a therapist. I'm not sure yet. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to, my, I'm going to be a clinician, but I might be like working at like, as like a case manager okay for people rather than like strictly speaking like a therapist but yeah. um i don't know i i think the idea of like art therapy sounds really meaningful and i used to i used to work in a in a museum that would have a lot of like little kids come in for classes mm -hmm. to learn like screen printing and i would give tours and stuff and i don't know just always seeing like the little kids like get really involved with the art yeah always felt like it is like activating something within them and I think that was always like really moving to say um because I remember it always was for me and it still is like I use art as therapy for uh -huh. sure um it's just like a way to kind of like focus all your energy on one thing like mm -hmm. I've tried meditating so many times and I'm always really bad at it because <laughs> no one's really good at it but um <laughs> but I just like can't I can't like bring myself to focus in mm -hmm. the same way that I can when I'm like actively doing something. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, I found it hard to meditate on a consistent basis. And one thing that has helped it is if I just break it down into like five to 10 minute sessions. Um, but, you know, I say that and I haven't meditated in quite a long time. Yeah. And it's something it's, meditation is like it's the thing that I have been meaning to get into for so long and haven't for whatever reason and I yeah I meditate on those reasons <laughs> yeah I feel like every time someone talks about meditation they're they're like man I gotta meditate more yeah it's but I uh it's so good for you <laughs> I um I actually started meditating because down the street from where I live in New Jersey and like the suburbs of New Jersey, there's a, there's a mini uh, Buddhist temple with a ton of monks from uh, Tibet. Mm, just randomly there. Place. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's called the, Dar, Dar. Sam and I both grew up in uh, Scotch <laughs> Plains, New Jersey. In case like find this, uh, this Buddhist temple. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny because it looks like a normal house on the side of the road, but there's always like these little, like these, <laughs> there's always these monks just mm -hmm. walking around, like tending to the garden and stuff. And uh, I found out that they give meditation lessons. I just started going when I was in high school. 
Okay. And it was, it was really awesome. Like I loved it. Like it would just, it would just be, you'd go for, you go there. It, it got, it actually got a little intense sometimes because they'd be hour long sessions and my back would start really hurting. Yeah. But um, it would just be, you'd sit, there would be one monk in the, in the, um, on this like pedestal and he'd be sitting beneath this giant, like glowing ball, like orb, I guess. <laughs> and he would just like sit there and speak very calmly about the orb. <laughs> and like, you were supposed to like, like focus on the orb like that. It was the, uh, I forget the word for it. It's like some, some kind of like token that you're supposed to like center yourself on. Okay. Um, and yeah, I did that for a, like a year, maybe two years, honestly. Um, and then when I went to college, I, I stopped meditating, but I think having like a meditation leader can, it can be really helpful. Like, that's why I know like a lot of people are downloading, like there's, they're doing like these meditation apps, yeah. I guess, which I don't know. I'm always kind of skeptical of stuff like that, but um, if it works for you, I've never tried it. Um, I've just used YouTube videos. They're okay. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I mean, you can just Google like five minute meditation or YouTube. I, people mm. don't use like YouTube as a verb the way they use Google. <laughs> I'm going to use it. You can YouTube like five minute, like mindfulness meditation. You'll, you'll get some stuff. That's funny. Yeah. It's that's crazy. <laughs> I, lo- I like language is so weird. I, 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 I'm, I'm so excited to, to be like an old man and not like understand anything anyone who is like a teenager is saying. I already <laughs> teenagers are saying. <laughs> True. Like, I feel like my, they just, uh, they just take words that already have a meaning and then just give it an entirely different meaning. Mm-hmm. which confuses the hell out of me. <laughs> back in my day, oh, yeah. <laughs> back in my day, we used to use WAP. And... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm but, not going to finish that sentence. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, mean, lang- I mean, language is it's just, it's just a product of human ingenuity and imagination. And it's, you know, it's this malleable thing that, yeah just kind of gets twisted and turned constantly and is always changing like i think that's why i've uh, always struggled with uh classic literature just the not even just the words they use but the way the sentences are formed mm-hmm. i guess that's the sentence structure i think that there's a more a like feel. shakespeare yeah, Shakespeare too, but really pretty much any classic literature I've read. Yeah. Uh, maybe with the exception of a... I think a lot of times um, uh, it depends on the translator. If it's... Because I, I read... A, I, I really, really love like Russian classics, like okay. Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And like there's... I don't know how to pronounce their names, but there's there's these two like pair of translators who do a really good job translating all their works, and it's so different from like other translations of the books. And 
it's, it's not like they make yeah it's not like they make it more modern or anything mm-hmm. um but it, it feels more readable like the sentences flow better rather okay. than it being like a direct translation I actually took a class in my undergrad on contemporary literature across um from from like different uh areas of the world okay. and it was like kind of like a, a focus on um like developing nations um so like we did we looked at like contemporary literature from cuba um mm-hmm. from where else man i took it so long ago from nepal mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it was it was just really interesting to think about because like so much so like i don't know it it, it was refreshing for me to to mm-hmm. to as someone who admittedly reads mostly american authors or mm-hmm. you know not actually no i wouldn't say that or just like i mean i only speak english <laughs> um so i can only read books that are written in english and mm-hmm. that has cut me off from a lot of especially contemporary texts or books and it can be hard to come across good translations sometimes, uh-huh. especially for works that are like recently coming out, I guess. Yeah. Well, just to kind of expand on what you were saying. Um, so, you know, we went to the high school, so I'm sure we took a lot of the same English classes and read a lot of the same books. I think almost yeah. all of the books that were assigned to us in high school were American books. I think, I mean, there was some Shakespeare, so that's British. Um, Basically American. <laughs> American didn't even exist yet. <laughs> um, where is, um, did you read Things Fall Apart in high school? Uh, that was my favorite book in high school. Was I was it, about to ask you what your favorite book is. Is, uh, that, is that an American book. author? Or is, is he? Tino uh, Achebe, he's not American, I don't believe. Um, but maybe he is. I don't, I don't actually don't know too much about him, but that book was, I remember that was one of, I think that might've been the, that book was the, might've been the first book to ever make me like cry while reading wow. it. When Okonkwo uh, kills his son, Ikumefana. But uh, sorry, <laughs> what happens early in the book? Um, <laughs> Everyone has a bad time, <laughs> put it that way. That's the big spoiler. Colonialism uh, bad. Yeah. Chinua Achebe is Nigerian. Okay. Um, Heart of Darkness. Yeah. Joseph Conrad is Polish. Is he really? I think so. Um, or was it? Isn't he English? Because that was written from the perspective of an Englishman, I believe. It was the British East India Company, right? That the it says he's a Polish English novelist. Okay. I think I think he was born in Poland. Um, mm. Anyway, to answer your, your question. Um, my favorite book that I read in high school, which is I think still my favorite book overall by an American uh, yeah. is uh, Flowers for Algernon. I haven't read it. That's, that is a must read. I've, I've a, heard so many good things ab- about it. Absolute must read it. Um, and I, I've read it at least once or twice since. Oh, cool. I just, I don't think any book has in, that I've ever read has captured one person's perspective 
so strongly and showed that person change over time. So you, do you, you know the premise of the book? Uh, if you I'll, start I'll talking just, about I'll, it, I think I'll remember. It for just anyone yeah, who, uh, for uh, my parents, <laughs> my, my friends <laughs> this podcast. Sorry, Mrs. and Mr. Stonefield. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, my, my dad was the person that first told me about this book. Um, it's about, it takes place in uh, New York in the 1960s. And, you know, to, to use the language of the time, it's about a retarded man who is given an experimental surgery that is supposed to increase his intelligence. And so the entire book is told through his journal entries. And so you can see his writing become more and more complex as he becomes more intelligent. And then he eventually, the, the treatment works better than anyone expects. And he eventually becomes a super genius and, um, you know, falls into a horrible depression because he can see the world and his own condition with such brutal clarity. And then I, I won't reveal what happens after that, but um, any, anyone out there who hasn't read it, it's, um, it's, it's a must read. I, I, got, I gotta go read it again now. I have two comments. One, yes. that sounds really cool because I never, I never realized how like sci-fi it was. Yes, very sci-fi. And two, you literally just described to me the plot of Lawnmower Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was screaming the whole time <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Were you really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about sci-fi. Um, and yeah, I, 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 know, I said think... it, it's Lawnmower Man. I, I forgot we watched that movie and movie. It's <laughs> God, what a great film. I, I need um, to rewatch it. I, my audio cut out and I kind of missed the really. end of the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love... Uh, I love, um, I, I'm hesitant to call it cheesy, but like, I love cheesy sci-fi, uh, like eighties movies. And I, I don't know why, like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why I love it so much. Like, but it just like makes me so satisfied. <laughs> Question, And I kind of want to tie this a little bit back into literature. Yeah. Um, have you read J- Jules Verne? Jules Verne. The name sounds familiar. Yeah, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Um, oh, okay. Around the World in Eighty Days. Uh, I'm not. Journey to the Center of the Earth. So, and th- this is kind of a, a another comment on classic literature. So, when, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, did you ever read the great illustrated classic books when you were a kid? They were just like uh, classic books, but like dumbed down <laughs> to like. You know, I might have I might have read one for uh, the Odyssey. I think. Okay, and they have like cool illustrations. Anyway, I was totally yeah. them. and probably my two favorite books were Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea and um, A Journey to the Center of the Earth, which isn't one of Verne's more famous books. But that was, I think, I I just tore through that book, and then I tried to read him like the actual books, not like the dumbed down kids version, and I just yeah. couldn't get into it. I just I couldn't deal with the with, with the writing for some reason so 
was it was it like too dry or i guess so it was a, this was a, a couple of years ago that i tried to mm. to read it i just for some reason i don't i have it trouble connecting to classic literature yeah i think that's the thing that i've found with a lot of sci-fi is that like the ideas and the concepts tend to outdo the actual writing mm-hmm. um i i tend to like books that like I can really get into like the individual sentences and like the way I, I think the way the story is told is if not more or is just as important if not more important than the actual story mm-hmm. um and I think a lot of books that I, I tend to be attracted to these days I haven't been able to read a novel <laughs> since graduate starting grad school and I probably won't for the next three years but um I, I'm really I I, re- I like reading books that make me uh read them and when I put them to, when what the second I finish them like after I finish the last page I think to myself oh my god I need to change my life <laughs> like like every like the the book just like do you have a book no, or not for you uh, the last one that did it for me. Um, sorry, I'm looking at my bookshelf. I'm trying to think. I I actually read this one book by a woman named Holly Butler called The New Me. And it's about this woman who is working for like a, who were, is working like a temp job that she hates. And she's just like, she's like in her early thirties, I think. And she's like trying to put her life together. And it was, I was reading it at the same time that I was job hunting <laughs> and feeling like all of that pain. But mm-hmm. what really like, what really got to me was she would, she would like go to like a friend's house or be at work, the main character that is. And on the outside, she'd be acting like very normal, but on the inside, she'd be, just be like raging mm-hmm. and like judging the crap out of everyone she encountered and like chiding herself like crazy. And I think it just kind of like, and it, it's a very funny book too. Like it's not, it's serious, but it's, it's also very like hilarious. Um, but it, it just kind of, it just kind of reinforced this idea that, I mean, it's, it's obvious, but like people have their own train of thoughts, you know? Yeah. And uh, what's happening on the outside isn't always reflective of what's happening on the inside. Yeah, that's, probably the biggest thing for me that um you lose when you go from written word to movies or tv shows that are based Mm. on books you it's so difficult to get that inner perspective and that's why i kind of tend to enjoy it when shows have those um like inner monologues yeah um when they like everything freezes and uh Malcolm just starts talking to the camera and Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had that moment this morning. I, I, uh, I felt like I was in a sitcom because I, 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 there was a banging on my door and it was like seven o'clock in the morning and then my sister barges in and, and she's like, dad just broke his nose on the leaf blower. I have to take him to the hospital. And I, and I just like woke up and I was like, well, great. <laughs> and then like, here we go again. 
He didn't break his nose, by the way. He's okay, your, your dad's doing all right? funny. Oh, he's doing great. Okay. <laughs> That's good to hear. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I love living. I, I, I've been living at home for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially now that the pa- pandemic's yeah. happening, I'm, I'm not trying to, because my plan is to move to New York eventually, the mm-hmm. city. But right now, I don't think it's the best time. But I think, like, if I could be grateful for anything over this past year, it's the fact that I've had, like, so much support from my mom, dad, and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that has meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. Like, That's I don't awesome. think I could, I don't, I don't think I could have done this, like, if I was just, like, by myself or with pe- <laughs> people I didn't get along with. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, if you're it. wrapped at home with someone, like, you can't stand, it's it's hard. Um, I don't know if I would be able to manage the staying with either of my parents during the pandemic. Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, everyone gets on each other's nerves from now and then, but like in a, in a normal way, like, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's something I feel lucky for. Um, I do wish I had a dog though. That would have made the pandemic a lot easier. Mm Mm-hmm. My my dog my old my old old dog died right before the pandemic. Oh no! Uh, right when I right it was when I had the flu too. Oh, that's um, and eh, he was he was like seventeen. It was his time. Damn! But I was I was literally I found out I was throwing up on the toilet and my mom walked into the bathroom and she was like, "Uh, brownies <laughs> brownie brownies gone." And I just kind of like looked up in between like vomiting. Um, <laughs> and then vomited again. Probably. <laughs> uh, I, I told her he was a good dog. And then I just like started spewing again. Oh man. It felt, it felt like weirdly right. But <laughs> I, uh, do you think that was a, would you have preferred if your mom had waited or was that information you needed to know? Nah, I, I, I'm glad she did it. Okay. That's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, how, how did we get there? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> how, do you, how do we get anywhere these days? It's, um, I don't know. Sometimes it, it just kind of feels like you're floating through life and it's just happening all around you. <laughs> and you have zero agency in anything that happens. Um, <laughs> it's, no. Yeah. I will say, I, I am positive for the future. I know that that might be a controversial thing to say these days, <laughs> but, but I, 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 I think that, I think that, I don't know. What else they had you do? <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta have some kind of level of optimism. You, you I'm obviously. Could, you could lead into the pessimism. Yeah. It's extremely. Tough. Like, a, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, but, that's kind of one of the things like, you know, tying it back to mental health. Like if you're not positive and you don't have hope about things, then, you know, th- that's it. The battle is over. Like, yeah. What's the point? So, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. no, that's so true. Yeah. I, I also, I've had a bit of a stressful 24 hours. So my thoughts on this are a little skewed. <laughs> in the negative direction at the moment. Um, yeah. I understand. But it's, you just, you got to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Other, uh, 
yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> no, no, I think that's so true. I mean, it's something that I forget all the time. Like sometimes all you want to do is give up like lately. Yeah. I'm you like just want to curl up into a little ball on your bed and just like melt away. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's really easy to get overwhelmed and consumed by your emotions mm-hmm. and think, okay, this is how it yeah. feels now. This is go- how it's always going to feel. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. guess I get, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. Off. Uh, I, I, I guess, off. no, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. Well, I think the thing is I, we're not powerless as people like there are things we can do to improve our situations even though there's so much uh working against us some more than others um there are and i I guess like referring to politics more specifically like Mm -hmm. there's even like voting is something you can do but there is a lot of other things you can do too to like be involved um and to like improve this 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 community we're living in yeah and i think people who are in power don't want that to happen they want people to feel like they're powerless so that they can stay in power mm-hmm. um <laughs> that's very generally speaking yeah um i think that's it's like social control and uh, but it all comes with with like collective action and i think that's part of the reasons why these the protests that were happening um have been so inspiring for me to see people uh working together like that were you um, um were you involved in any protests Peaceful no because <laughs> um uh, my my uh mom is immunosuppressed uh-huh. so i didn't want to bring COVID back, but I was certainly um, a supporter. I raised a little over 300 bucks uh, doing drawings of people. Um, And I gave that to the Brooklyn Community Bail Fund. Very nice. Um, Cheers. So that was my little piece. But, But I think like, I think whether or not someone was involved in the protest, I think just like having this like open dialogue about race and oppression on a wide scale is something important. And um, I don't know, it's like, they're still happening like that. I, yeah. I, I was definitely like, I felt bad that I couldn't go out protesting with all my comrades, but, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> there, there's, there's going to be more protests to come. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't go to any protests and I don't have a, an immunocompromised mom living with me to worry about. Um, oh, I mean, I, th- I thought about it. It just, it didn't happen. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone, like, you don't have to go to a protest as long as you're like, as long as you're involved with like, um, I guess, educating yourself about the issues mm-hmm. and listening to what people are having to say instead of like just painting everyone as like crazy looters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, I think that's all that can be really expected of anyone. And it's like dangerous. It's just, like there, there are some dangerous situations. Like I had one friend who got... Um, 
I was on I was scrolling Instagram and I just saw a pair of a ton of people and his there's blood streaming down his face and he got beat with a baton by a cop. Wow. And he didn't he wasn't the aggressor. And I think he's taking the cop to court or something. Wow. But um yeah, it's just like that that really I think that made me really upset that I wasn't there. Um to like I don't know, not like not like I could have done anything, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's uh, it, it it was it was it was kind of like uh, it was weird to see that to to see my, like someone I know um, just like got bludgeoned by a cop. <laughs> that yeah, that that's really unfortunate. I'm I'm sorry for your friend. Um, mm. actually, uh, I was in the in attendance in, a, in attendance for one black lives matter um protest it was when <laughs> i was having dinner outside on um church street <laughs> which is like the pedestrian walkway in berlin yeah. and, and the a black lives matter march kind of went through the street and was um you know not not inciting any kind of uh yeah. violence or anything I, I actually i think they might have been saying fuck the police which that's a freedom of speech, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I totally agree with that. I mean, that's, they want to, they want to make love to police people. <laughs> <laughs> that's they were, wait, I think you took that wrong. <laughs> I think like, that's kind of where I personally get skeptical of myself being involved in a protest mm. because I feel very oh, awkward. The police being, well, not even specifically that issue, although that, that mm-hmm. is one issue that I, I don't fully agree with a lot of protesters on. Mm-hmm. But um, just just the idea that the, that like a protest becomes this, everyone here should be thinking this way. And that might just be me interpreting mm-hmm. it that way rather than, you know, no one's like telling me yeah. how I have to think. That's well, what it kind of feels. No, I think that's a super legitimate concern. Like, I, I think that it, there is like, you know, the, the mob mentality of a protest. Yeah. Like, like um, uh, I think a lot of people are there for different reasons. Yeah. And it's important to like embrace intersectionality when it comes to that. But at the same time, it's like important to have a unifying message, which is why I think the protests that just happened really strong because they had a very clear message. It was defund the police and black lives matter. Um, well, but I, and- I actually kind of disagree with you in that they, I mean, I, I think there, there was a definitely an underlying theme of black lives matter. Hmm. I, I think defunding the police is kind of a separate issue. Mm. And I think that that's kind of where I think people start to splinter yeah. off. And that's kind of where people on the right start to see the protests, protesters as very radical, mm-hmm. as having radical ideas. Yeah, def- the, the term defund the police is it's very vague and so it can be interpreted any way mm-hmm. you want and yeah. it, it, that's not a very clear message for me yeah no that is actually very true I think I, I guess like it's under more of a 
general like police reform rather than defund the police explicitly. Yeah. I'm I'm 100% for that. Yeah. And I guess people have different ideas about what reforming the police looks like. Like yeah. Joe Biden wants to give them more money to reform them, which I don't exactly agree with, but Well, I it, not not to like you know just to try to bring up a different perspective. I mean they clearly need more training. <laughs> that's yeah, and yeah, no, I, I, for training. That's you know. yeah, no. I mean, I there's obviously a case to be made about that. I, 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 I um, I just think that like, I don't know if the training actually works. Like, I, I don't know. I think uh, I, I did not come prepared to talk about police reform, but <laughs> I think there just needs to be like. A, a huge uh, re-understanding of what the police are as an institution and like what they're what's expected of them because the police aren't the judge, jury, and executioner. They're just the people that bring people to the legal system. Like they they're not responsible for 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 like de- determining who's guilty and innocent. Yeah. Like they're like the lackeys of the judicial system. <laughs> like that's that they're not supposed to have this. Yeah, kind and, of and power. in our country, and, being uh, brought into the legal system can be a punishment in and of itself. Yeah, certainly, and like you know, the legal system should have its own reforms. But I think the police have an outsized uh, uh, role, and I don't know. I, I mean, like, and you know, I don't think that all cops are bad um but i do think that the institution of policing is one that discriminates against people of color and is just not working the way i mean it is working the way that people want it to Mm -hmm. and i think that way is completely unfair to that's uh... a lot of people heard that argument made by um i don't remember the person's name uh they it was one of the people from so let's see if i can at least get the organization right you got it uh the, <laughs> the innocence project um i was listening oh, okay. to, uh, on jre and you know they I, i'm pretty sure that this was them and if not i'll uh, i'll go back and um add in a little mm-hmm. note to uh, talk about to, to explain what, where uh, where I was yeah <laughs> but no um, I, I mean it sounds like something they would talk uh, about so. the incarceration of African Americans is not a bug in uh, not just African Americans but poor people in general is mm-hmm. not a bug of the system it's part of the code it is what yeah. it was intended to do oh dude don't even get like and then like even the algorithms that police uh, outfits have to use specifically have them going to lower income areas. Not they, it's like this cycle, you know, Mm -hmm. like you you seem pretty uh, passionate about that. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Oh man, I, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can do it justice, (laughs) Uh, but no, I'll try. I'll try. Um, There's a, There's 
man no i can't do it justice i'm i'm too tired to like all right because i'm just gonna like end up like talking I, i'm gonna <laughs> i i'm always very afraid about talking out my ass okay <laughs> and then it, it comes uh, out of something that i don't mean definitely especially um, about stable. something like sensitive like this but yeah. I do recommend, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll recommend, there's a really good podcast on and on Reply All. It's a, another podcast. If you have ever, have you ever heard of them? No, and you're actually, you're not allowed to recommend other podcasts on this oh, podcast. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> says the guy who, taught, who brought up the KRE. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick, what's the name of that episode? I don't know. If you, if, if you Google, uh, policing algorithms okay i will uh, i'll try to link it when i uh, when i post this okay cool thank you i'll, <laughs> I'll send you the link all right yeah i i'm, I'm too tired <laughs> to be no able problem. to do it justice yeah i'm just, studying... just have to come back on and uh... exactly yeah. I'll, I'll have my notes ready <laughs> oh, i've been studying yeah. statistics all morning so i'm kind of like <laughs> walked out uh-huh <laughs> yeah um the bo- I think the bottom line of that conversation is um, our uh, <laughs> our police system and our judicial system can can use a little bit of updating. Yeah, or downgrading, depending on <laughs> <laughs> addition by subtraction, potentially. Hey, oh, that's a good phrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I feel like we should uh, talk about something a little lighter and more. Yeah, fun. sure. Like, uh, I don't know, Joe Biden's psychological health. Um, <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm not, that's not lighter fun. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I came prepared to Light talk fun. about all negative things. Um, all right, oh, so, man. I, I, it's funny. I, I told my mom right before I was, I, she, we were eating dinner together, and I was like, oh, my friend's going to had me on this podcast and then she looks at me and she's like don't make it all negative <laughs> and i'm like oh but it's so easy there's a lot of negative stuff going on in the world um one thing that i kind of um what when i first had the idea to do a podcast one idea i had that i've completely failed in implementing <laughs> um <laughs> but there's still time what was to yeah really kind of actively seek out people that are doing good positive things in the world and try to to highlight them and give them a a platform to speak um so you know i I think we're all doing our pace yeah i think i think people are doing more (laughs) there's always yeah. Well, some people have more privilege to do more. No, that, people, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, I mean, I, I personally like. I'm I, the only reason I'm able to even go to grad school for social work is because I live under the material circumstances that lets me do that. Yeah, I like, and like I was, I I had parents who could help me with college. I was raised in like a welcoming community and I'm white. <laughs> like I, 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 um, like I, I think, I don't know. I, no, I, I think I, that, I absolutely think it's important to recognize your own privilege, but mm. I, I think the trap that 
I fall into is I get guilty over my own privilege. And I don't think that serves anyone. That's very true. Except to hurt myself. <laughs> like me feeling guilty about my privilege is not going to rectify hundreds of hundreds of years of um of uh, institutional racism in, yeah. in this country. No, I think that's a really beautiful way of putting it because mm. I think it's imperative for for white people especially uh, to understand the position of privilege that they have and a benefit off of even though it might not feel like it because you know I wasn't a slave older that kind of like argument thing but yeah you benefited off of generations of other white people who have you've been the benefit of not having to look over your shoulder every second when you're walking down like an empty street like hoping a cop doesn't come Mm -hmm. yada 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 um but yeah i i think it's it's something important but like you said um there's no you're not you're not doing anyone any service by by like putting guilt in that into that equation um we were supposed to talk about something positive we end up talking about white guilt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well no i i think that, well i guess i tell you how you frame positive because i think these are the kind of conversations that are needed to be had to create positive change you know like to reflect on negative things um and to like really challenge them and think about them i think that's how you bring about positivity and it's, it's i think it's all about doing that while retaining some kind of like not optimism but maybe like hope or the feeling that there is you can affect change Mm -hmm. um so i think it's like kind of a balancing act maybe um and i know like i'm not perfect when i do it like i make slip-ups all the time and i think it's i guess what what you can the only thing you can really ask of and i guess like an interlocutor is for them to like call you out (laughs) whether whether you say something that's like um not serving the the greater good of the conversation or the world or (laughs) whatever (laughs) i'm rambling (laughs) all right uh are you are you ready for a random question oh god i'm waiting for it (laughs) (laughs) all right uh what is the last uh video or picture that you saw that just like shocked you Video or picture, Jesus. Um, it wasn't the last video or just or any. Picture. Yeah, I think my mind automatically went to when I was a little kid. I somehow I was doing a report about. Um, it, I think I was in like fifth no i was in sixth grade i was doing a report about uganda okay and i was doing like research online about like the uh all the 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 genocide that was happening there and i had stumbled upon what's happening or happened i really i mean i i can't speak to that it was the it was like a John Jaweed, I think they were called. Okay. Like it was like a militia force, and it, it was just like you know a lot of killing and violence, and uh-huh. 
corruption and I, I, I definitely can't speak to it. But um, my point is that I was doing research and I happened upon this one website and it had an execution on it of like this woman. And it was one of the most like scarring things I'd ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> and so I think that might be the, the last, like that, that was definitely shocking. I don't know why my mind, I, my mind just like went straight for that. Like, I don't know why I haven't thought about that in years. Wow. I, I'm sorry. I brought it back up. Uh, I, I was hoping you were going to say like, Oh, I saw a video of a dog riding a scooter. It was hilarious. Oh God. No, I'm talking about genocide. <laughs> negative. I'm really yeah, not just, a negative we, person. Yeah. We just, we can't get away from it. This But sometimes it just oh, happens. Man. Like, you know, you got it. You got to shed. Okay, hold on. Wait, I have a, I have a, I have a more positive answer. I saw okay. a, a, a video of a turtle running on a treadmill. Like it was running, like <laughs> straight up running. It was a turtle running. It was amazing. amazing. I've never seen a turtle run. I didn't know it, they, they can do that. <laughs> I mean, they. So can there, is, that, is that a better answer, Michael? Yeah, that's, that, that was the answer <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> All right, we we have to have something on here for. for <laughs> to lighten people's days oh god i talked about my dog dying uh racism yeah um, no but this is a <laughs> this was a rough one um oh i'm sorry <laughs> no it's you know the these conversations need to be had hey, and, this is uh, all the things i can talk about <laughs> yeah i, I think we've, uh, we've both grown for having them so, you know, you know, just like you said, we, you can't focus exclusively on the bad, you know, you, you shouldn't focus exclusively on the good either. You, it's important to True. understand the, the things, mm-hmm. what, where things are going wrong. Yeah. And if, if, cause if you don't identify them or understand them, they're never going to get fixed. True. So definitely. You know, th- there's, there's the positive spin. I, yeah, <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's, ultimately positive yeah. and i mean like i've been reading too a lot about actually uh i've been reading I, i've had to read a lot of studies about compassion fatigue um okay. which is basically just like uh when like social workers specifically are working with all these people who are you know living through trauma mm-hmm. then they get secondhand trauma and it can result in like burnout. Um, and yeah, I think that's something that's really real, like especially in the profession that I'm going to be doing. And I'm like, you know, I'm worried about it. Like my, even my, my mom, she, uh, she worked in a domestic violence shelter and I saw what that did to her. Like it's, it can be really hard. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, but it's like also necessary. Yeah. And I think um, I, it's funny cause I am very invested in a, l- learning and thinking and talking about a lot of negative things, but I do really feel like a positive person. <laughs> like, I don't know, I'm, I'm happy as shit all the time. Yeah, um, so that's awesome. But I don't know, I, I guess I want to use, and I guess that's kind of like, a privilege not in like a white guilt way but like a like a like wow i feel like privilege and like like i'm lucky to 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 have that kind of support um and like to have like a 
like a decent sense of mental health. Yeah. Um, and I want to be able to use that to give back to others. Like, I think one awesome. thing that I've always internalized is that you can't really help other people without like first helping yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that turtle on the treadmill was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to, we're going to have to like include one funny YouTube video, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many funny youtube videos out there you know yeah youtube's like crack (laughs) (laughs) i I love watching like cute puppy videos that's like my guilty pleasure (laughs) it's they're so cute we were uh yeah actually alex and i were thinking about getting a puppy for do it and uh well (laughs) it was actually mostly her saying we should get a puppy and me saying we probably shouldn't (laughs) dude you know those memes where it's like uh uh dad says he doesn't want to get the dog and then it's like the bottom text is like dad and the dog no i i I know that's exactly (laughs) but um well why don't why don't why don't you want to get dog just like extra responsibility i mean yes i'd say the number one thing is the money um puppies are expensive and uh expensive yeah the the it is, you know, added responsibility, added stress. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a big life adjustment to, to have another living thing that depends on you. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, man. I, 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 I would love a dog, another dog, but I, I, I'm, def- I'm definitely in like the dad school of thought as well, where it's like, I'll, I'll go against it until I get it. And then it's like my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you uh, you got any other um, things you had you wanted to get off your chest? Uh, um, this is this is your chance to say whatever you want in the world, Sam. Closing thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, trans Lives Matter. Uh, love is love. Science is real. Um. Go Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got to get that in a t-shirt. But uh, I got to switch it to the Mets. I'm one of those unfortunate bastards. You're a Met? Oh, God. Oh, you're, yeah. you're the real scum of the earth. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we, we've, we've got a, a Twilight screening coming on in a little oh, bit. Fuck. I, I <laughs> so, forgot about that. Oh, God. I forgot about that. I, I don't anyway, know how I do, that happened. I do actually want to thank you for inviting me on. I think this is really cool. And yeah, no, this I think it's I don't know. I think it's so cool that you're doing this. Like, thank you. I appreciate it's, it. It's a, it's really uh, uh it's really been neat. fun. It's been informative. Um, mm-hmm. hoping to keep having fun with it and uh, maybe, maybe maybe grow it, expand it a little past the yeah, dude. alumni of at high school. <laughs> well, I think this is like I don't know. You can like view it as like your training ground. even if even if yeah no seriously like even or for in your case in my case my rats yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um no i think like you move on and even if like you start like another show like in the future that's like more like specific in its content rather than just like general conversation like like i don't know you've been you've probably been developing interview skills and ways that aren't like quantifiable 
Yeah, um, I, I think it would be interesting to go back to my my first episode and kind of compare yeah. where uh, how I've developed. If you ever need uh, either like graphic design or a jingle, hit me up. I would totally do that for you. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome, man. <laughs> I, would, I would love that. Um, all right. You, what's, you, your, you, what's your... Go what? ahead. No, go ahead. I said, what's your logo? My logo? Okay. Uh, you that, have one? Like, yeah. Or it's like two mics, right? What? Isn't it like two mics or something? I don't know. Uh, I, I think know. there's there might be two mics on it. It's like a black background with like yellow text um i forget where i made it actually my my brother made like the initial design which is pretty cool of him that's cool um yeah whenever i post on facebook though like the image kind of gets cut off which is uh kind of annoying there's a way you can remedy that yeah i can definitely i can definitely like i i have a i have a audio um digital audio uh station thing that i can like that i make music on so i could easily like make a quick file for you too cool yeah um that sounds fun i know josh <laughs> said he wanted to do that as well so maybe we'll write something together yeah i think uh <laughs> so i don't want to i don't want to put josh on the spot because uh, i i haven't released this yet but um josh is actually what what we did well i i i'll, I'll we'll talk off screen <laughs> so okay <laughs> you want to know what I did in my podcast with Josh, you know, you, you got to go listen to it. You know, I can't, oh, give yeah. you, I can't always, this free. <laughs> always be plugging, <laughs> even on your own show. <laughs> All right, man, you got, you got this, any, this, uh, this, any shout outs you want to give? Uh, shouts out to all the folks out there whom I think are cool and not shots out. Shouts out to those whom I think are not cool. All right, you, you, <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Um, okay, well, Sam, this has been awesome. Um, I'd love to have you back on. We can. Um, you, there's a lot of issues that we only like kind of touched on, and then like oh, definitely from, but that like that really deserve. I'll bring notes next time. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on, Sam. This has been Steinfeld Talks. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>